staying in contact. I'm London Mitchell. I enjoy telling the stories about grassroots efforts aimed at holding government accountable and making sure all the facts are known. So I want to continue telling the story of efforts by the I-475 Neighborhoods Coalition to stop a proposed expansion of I-475 west of Douglas Road in Toledo. I first talked with Peggy Daly Masternick about three years ago. The project was on the back burner during the pandemic, but Peggy tells us it is taking on new life. The plan that they proposed in 2020, which is all that we have to go on right now because they're being very closed mouth about what the plan might be next, um, was to expand to six lanes, I-475, basically from Douglas Road out to US-23. And it is both in Toledo City uh, jurisdiction as well as Sylvania Township. Um, the uh, neighborhoods that this expressway passes through are the most intensely residential neighborhoods on the entire Beltway in Toledo. Um, so I took a look at 2020 census data and I mapped out every census tract that is adjacent to the entire Beltway. And it is in the city of Toledo alone, it's 4,000, about just under 4,000 people per square mile. Um, when you combine Sylvania into it, it's about 28 to 2,900 people per square mile. Um, nothing even comes close. I-75 is well less than 2,000 people per square mile, even down into the Perrysburg area. So this is an intensely, originally built as an intensely residential neighborhood. And in 1960, when the highway was expanded, they displaced over a 1,000 people for just 475, not even counting 75 or 280 or any of the other people that were removed. Um, the T Toledo Plan Commission, I found a report at the, the History Department that said that over a thousand people were displaced for just 475, just up to Secor Road, not even beyond that out to 23, and over 350 housing units were demolished in order to create the expressway. And similarly for I-7, worse actually for I-75, over 5,000 people were displaced, uh, all the way from 280 to the river. So highways have a history of just displacing and getting bigger and displacing more and getting bigger and displacing more and getting bigger. And nobody needs to look any further for the evidence of that than what's called the Katy Highway from Houston, Texas to Katy, Texas. And the last um, expansion of that highway has it as 26 lanes, 26 lanes across in certain areas of that highway. And what they did, the Texas DOT did to Houston and Katy, they now want to do to Austin, Texas, to expand high, a highway that is widest eight lanes to 20 lanes across. Um, there's a famous saying, and I think it's attributable to a former mayor. I want to say Minneapolis or Milwaukee, pardon me for not knowing. And his statement was, expanding expressways to deal with congestion is like loosening your belt to deal with obesity. <laughs> it brings more traffic. It brings more congestion. It's called induced demand. And so the idea that we are going to deal with a non-existent, by the way, congestion problem by their own numbers 
This okay, isn't. Let, let, let's Go pause ahead. there for for a moment, Peggy, because yep. the justification ODOT is giving, if I understand mm-hmm. this correctly, is that there is too much congestion and too many delays on I four seventy five right now, and you're mm-hmm. saying that's not so. I'm saying that's not so. And that's not my numbers. That's ODOT's numbers that get reported up to the Federal Highway Administration. So there's a thing, it, it, the department at the Federal Highway Administration that monitors all of the data, reams and reams and reams of data that come from every part of the country on highway congestion as it applies to freight traffic. If a truck is waiting in traffic, so are you. And so the freight traffic data for this part of the expressway places congestion on average. It's called AADT, which stands for average annual daily traffic. And they add a T for what trucks wait in. A truck on I-475 in this segment of I-475 by ODOT's data waits 1.2 minutes 1.2 minutes in congestion. Now compare that to the worst, most congested highway in the entire country. They rank them. Number one is the New York City Cross Bronx Expressway, where the average annual daily traffic delay per mile on that expressway in New York City is 47 minutes. So if you're on that expressway for, I don't know, two miles, maybe you're waiting well over two hours, okay, to get to your destination if you're in New York City for a two-mile stretch. But here, the average, as reported by ODOT to the Federal Highway Administration, 1.2 minutes is the highest of any segment of the proposed um, expressway expansion. So the ranking if you consider an eastbound lane and a westbound lane, and then divide those two lanes by by um, about Monroe Street from the maps that I could discern from the Federal Highway Administration, zooming all the way into the smallest detail I could get to. The dividing point is somewhere around Monroe Street, the Monroe Street exit. And the ranking for any one of those four aspects that I just described at lowest is around 5,600 in the country. At highest, it's over 8,000th in the country for traffic congestion. This is not a congested expressway. Please take a look at the Katy Highway or the Cross Bronx Parkway or any other, you know, highway that you can see in the country. Look at I-75. I mean, the congestion there is real congestion, but 475 is not congested. And I think a lot of the congestion on 75 is the endless construction. How many years has that been under construction? The other thing that didn't get considered, London, was when they did their um, traffic counts, they did it pre-opening of the Door Street Interchange. That changed everything. All the traffic that's coming from the Perrysburg area that wants to get to UT no longer has to continue driving further north than taking I-475 East to Secor Road and then getting off and going south to UT. I don't necessarily want to see expansion 
I, I mean, I feel for any neighborhood that's getting a major highway expansion done for them. So I'm not here to say, oh, put it someplace else. I'm saying that's already done. We can't turn that around apparently now. But this is the last most densely populated neighborhood on the expressway that exists in the whole beltway. And it's totally unnecessary. There's no congestion. And there are already major truck routes north and south, I-75 and US-23. And they can connect to each other up in Michigan at I-94 or connect to each other down by the mosque in Perrysburg. And, you know, to ram it into a, a residential neighborhood unnecessarily, which doesn't have... Uh, full interchanges at every every roadway. Peggy, you've obviously done your homework. If people listening to us want to fact check you, where did you get your numbers? I got my numbers from the Federal Highway Administration, Freight Management and Operations, Freight Mobility Trends Tool, National Freight Bottlenecks. So there's a very long, as you would imagine, URL that goes with that, but it's it's done by the Federal Highway Administration Freight Management and Operations Department, and they do a, they have a whole tool that anybody could go and take a look at to see the trends in freight mobility on any highway in the entire country. They can see the rankings. Um, the page opens with the top 1,000 rankings. I-475 isn't included. As I said, you have to get to into the 5,000s before you see any aspect of this neighborhood part of I-475. Now, for those who may have been uh, tuning in late and are very interested in finding out more, we're talking about a stretch of I-475 that runs from where to where? Runs from, the proposal is Douglas Road to US-23 to widen it to six lanes. I am always intrigued and supportive of grassroots efforts to call attention to uh, things that may be coming our way. Now, this is not a done deal yet, correct? To my understanding, not, although there are political will to make this happen. But um, it, it is not be the neighbors are not being considered at all. They put out their plan, their proposal in 2020 and then had a very poorly managed one-hour public meeting that was probably the first Zoom meeting ever held anywhere. Um, it was technically terrible, and it they monopolized the conversation, so they did not get to hear at a, at a time of day when many people couldn't participate. It was either 3 or 4 in the afternoon. And um, so that was a bad, you know, really bad all around to call it a public meeting. There was no way that that even looked like a public meeting. Now on their current schedule, um, which didn't go to anybody but one politician that I can find, um, it didn't go to the neighborhoods. I asked at the meeting the other night, did anybody get the spring newsletter? And everybody said no. And in that spring newsletter, they give a tentative timeline for the project. Right now it's in planning stages, but once that plan is developed, then they plan, they said they will um, present it to a public meeting in the spring of 2024. But in, as in many... The mean, in, uh-huh. in the meantime, Peggy, don't mean to interrupt, but we're almost nope. out of time. Yep. In the meantime, if individuals listening and could be affected by the uh, widening of I-475, what do you suggest they do? 
Well, first of all, they can get added to the mail list that we're creating, that we've been creating for three years now. At this email address, i.475group at gmail.com. Just send an email to say, add my name and put in the contact information that you have, and they can be placed on the mailing list. But they need to start, you know, can't be just one or even two or three voices on this. People need to start saying, hey, this is neighborhoods. We live here. We don't want to be the truck route. We are already getting too many trucks here. And we want the quality of life. We want no depreciation to our property values. We want our air quality to be good. We want less noise. One of the things that that um, many people don't realize, one of our, our uh, members um, inside her home used a phone app with a decibel meter that's been approved by the CDC. And she was getting readings of 102 or greater inside her home on, you know, the expressway as it exists now. And, you know, anything past 70 decibels, any audiologist will tell you, can start to damage your hearing. So it isn't just, oh, I don't really feel like listening to the trucks. It's, is my health being affected by the expansion of the expressway? So anybody that wants to get on our mailing list, know when the next meeting is going to happen, help in any way, we'd, we'd sure appreciate whatever you know, skills and talents that, you know, get brought to the group to disprove what ODOT is saying and to and to rescue the neighborhoods that are here from further depreciation and destruction. Good summation. Good summation. And we're out of time. But just stay in touch. Great. I will. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Peggy Daly Masternick. That email address for more information on the proposed I-475 expansion is i.475group at gmail.com I'm London Mitchell feel free to drop me a line through my website londonmitchell.news and please accept this invitation to join me again next week as we continue staying in contact